0: Welcome to Catholic Family Matters with your hosts, Paul Kosinski and Betsy Lashley.
1: A podcast where we share a little about our lives of faith in an effort to encourage families to live courageously Catholic lives, to love Jesus more, and to learn to see the divine in the everyday events of our family life.
0: So come along with us to find encouragement, hope, and maybe a little laughter along the way. Because Family family matters. Matters.
1: Today on Catholic Family Matters, we turn our discussion to marriage. More specifically, we talk about what makes a marriage valid and how does the church handle invalid marriages. The answer is annulment.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, Amen. amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Got our hearts and our minds and anoint our tongues so that we may speak the truth and glorify God in our conversation today. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. How about you
1: spare me the chit chat? I'm going to take your uh, chit chat. In the chitty chitty chat chat, chat, chat chat chat. In the chit chat. Okay, well, welcome to the chit chat portion yes. of our podcast. Paul, chit chat with me for a moment. What's going on?
0: Well, so uh <laughs> Nice lick of the microphone. Man. I did not lick the microphone. Yeah. I'm a liar. Um, okay, so uh, I had a busy week, and it did not involve. Well, it partially involved my kids. Um, so last weekend, this past weekend, so what we're recording on Friday. So Saturday and Sunday, previous, what we had our high school, uh, middle school, and high school retreat. Um, we had them kind of together, but separate. Um, middle school did a day retreat, and then high school did a, a spend the night retreat. Um, over at camp Helen and man, it was great. Oh my gosh. It was Oh,
1: what retreat isn't great. I, I'm so I glad know, it went yeah. good. I thought about you all weekend.
0: Yeah. So we had, um, we, we had a couple of our, our youth lead, uh, like and small group. Um, wow. I, I got an opportunity to do a meditation on the, our father with, with them. And I even had some come up to me afterwards and like, Mr. Paul, we need to, we need to do that more often. Like, man, this was, I mean, yeah. it was just, and the whole, I mean, again, it was just a good weekend. Good. And, um, but man, I feel like, I feel like, um, last time I felt like this, or almost like this was, uh, going on Curcio, but like, I'm, I'm on my, uh, my God high, Oh, uh, but, um, uh, last night, um, I, we had the, the swap, um, the ministry. You
1: almost said swap meet, didn't you? Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we think the of s- as swap meet. Swap, That's our old, yeah. old language. <laughs> right. Swap is... Song worship adoration Adoration and and praise praise. at Mercy, the ministry,
0: yeah, yeah, ministry at Mercy Parish. And um, they invited me to to talk about theology of the body, which I mentioned last week. And so we had that. Did you
1: keep it below two hours? (laughs) I did, yeah, (laughs)
0: barely. But I apologize to Deacon Tony because I, I had did not, I almost won an hour, um, Mm -hmm. just on the talk, and I think they like to keep the, the swap nights at and for
1: our listeners i predicted this but no one listened to me i tried to pull him back i tried to rein him in but no but theology of the body is one of those things
0: it, it's hard to it's to so make. it's big. not it's, yeah. it's not concise there is so much to talk about yeah. and it's
1: so relevant and, and so good for people to hear and
0: i don't even think i touched half of it so but but um no it was good it was good and and uh uh,
1: didn't it take, like, Pope John Paul II, like 165 audiences to cover it? Did, and you thought you were going to do all of it in, like, one?
0: 129, but Oh, 129. Who, who's counting? Okay.
1: Yeah, clearly you are.
0: <laughs> Only because it was in my talk.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations. And, I mean, your people, uh, your social media people, quickly put our podcast information I, on the Mercy Parish website, and I was like, ah! Oh, I, my gosh!
0: I did... <laughs> I had them do a shameless plug um, on yeah. my introduction. Um, yeah. The and,
1: only and reason we can do this podcast is because we're pretty <laughs> sure no one's listening. Now that we think people are listening, <laughs> oh, no. what are we going to do? I know it's traumatic.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to have to step up our game and actually uh, talk like we know what we're talking about. Bang. Uh, so, all right. So, I went, yeah. I had, I had company all weekend, but I've been dying to tell you, I went to the Lauren Daigle concert on Friday and oh, okay. Well, first of all, the Orion amphitheater. hmm cool place
0: yeah never never been there but i've seen yeah
1: it. it's small it's smaller than like the oak mountain amphitheater mm-hmm. in birmingham but still nice um lauren daigle was amazing but one of the great parts of it was her opener was a guy called andrew rip and he is on the radio you've probably heard some of his songs you're gonna hear one today at the end of this podcast but he was a great opener he probably played five or six songs he said i'm a songwriter i never intended to be a a performer but you know here i am opening for lauren daigle and his songs were fantastic and he had that vibe where sometimes the band members would play and then sometimes it was just him and his guitar and his music and it was great it was a great night the weather was great you're outside i will tell you that we had a couple beverages and they totaled fifty dollars wow and that was a little That's yeah crazy. well and okay and and Okay, I have to be truthful. And you can't do this to a Lashley because the girl behind the bar was like, would you like a single or a double? Oh,
0: no, and, she didn't.
1: Yeah, and my husband, it's like three cherries. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. And he's like, a double, please. So we paid $50 for two doubles, Ugh. which if you balance that all out, it, anyway, anyway, expensive drinks at the Orion, but the the venue was great. The concert was great. Lauren Daigle is just holy her approach to life. Yeah, yeah. So great. So we mm-hmm. had a really great time. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law were with us. And we were in get this, row 8. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Lauren Daigle's sweat landed on my forehead once and I kept ah! it. Yeah, I put it on a tissue and I'm never going to throw this away. <laughs> so she just was a great she's a great performer we had a great time very cool yeah so that was my fun thing for the weekend
0: have you found jesus yet no. i didn't know i was supposed to be looking for him so
1: all right on to our topic yes okay uh we picked this rather controversial one annulment something that well you almost have to be a canon lawyer to fully understand right. but we're gonna try to demystify it a little bit a little bit yeah and i've been talking to some of my students this week, you know, I was like, yeah, Paul and I are doing a podcast on an annulment. And uh, you
0: got the, ooh. Yeah,
1: ooh. Yeah, one of my students was like, oh, I'm going to listen to that one. And, but I said, you know, you can't talk about annulments unless you actually know what a Catholic marriage is about. And you and I have talked about Catholic marriage a little bit on the podcast yeah, already, yeah. but we're going to have to review some stuff because you cannot understand annulment unless you understand the way we approach Catholic marriage. And I I think the first thing we should (coughs) leave off with is that it's a sacrament. Right. And what do you get from a sacrament? I mean, we just finished a whole series on sacraments. So we know we get...
0: You get graces from it.
1: You get grace. Yeah. So if marriage is hard, which I'm going to say on a scale of one to ten, ten being uber hard, one being super easy... Marriage is like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a, you take two people's lives, you put them together and you ask them to live together for the rest of their lives in somewhat harmony. And if marriage is hard, don't you think you need all the grace you can get?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Yes.
1: So when people go into a marriage without that, I think they're at a deficit to begin with.
0: Right. Uh, And, Having, having theology of the body on the brain, um, it's a, you know, it's a good reminder that, you know, theology of the body touches so much of our lives, but especially marriage because, um, you know, the big, big talking points are, you know, around sex education, but you know, marriage, like if you, if you go into marriage thinking that you're going, you know, Hey, now we can have sex whenever we want. Uh, Because we're we're legal now, or, you know, you go in thinking that you're going to use the other person as an object, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble right off the bat.
1: Yeah. Well, and what would that, I mean, using another person as an object in a marriage might be that they would be disposable. Like, exactly. I go into marriage thinking, well, if this doesn't work, we'll just get divorced. Right. That is actually, I think that's the definition of using someone using them.
0: Right. Right. And so, and so you have to have more of a, um, a chastity mindset where it's like how, you know, understanding, you know, first understanding yourself, who Mm -hmm. you are so that you can use your body for the good of the other person. And then understanding who the other person is that you're entering into this covenant. We talked about this in our sacrament. It's a covenant. Yeah. You know, it's not a contract. It's a covenant. You know, it's a lot more special, a lot, you know, a lot lot more special than just a contract. And so, you know, once you, if you understand who the, who you are, who the other person is that you're, you're entering into this with, um, that it, it doesn't make it not hard, but it makes it a lot easier.
1: Yeah. No, well, it can make it easier. It can, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you're going to find it's still struggles gonna be hard. in every yeah, marriage, absolutely, but absolutely. So we were, I was talking to my students this morning, we were talking about, and I said, you know, you you guys are, it was almost all guys. It was me and one girl in our, we do our little Lexio Divina on Friday mornings. And I said, you guys are really one step ahead because when you come into campus ministry, like you're, most of the people that we are surrounded by here are striving for virtue. And if you think that you're going to go out and have a good marriage with someone who is not also striving for virtue, mm-hmm. I think that's mark number one against success. Because if I am striving for virtue, but my spouse is not, what is, what is their motivation
0: to, to even get to married. be a yeah. self gift, yeah.
1: or to sacrifice, yeah. because marriage is so sacrificial. We've talked about that ad nauseum. I feel like y- you are giving yourself to your spouse, like Christ gave Himself to the Church, right. and that's a big, it's a big ask. And if you don't know what that means, and you're not in agreement with that when you start out, then I think you're you're a step behind. Right. In the Catholic Church, in its wisdom, it says, "Okay, let's get these." kids together when they go get married and let's talk to them about this stuff beforehand. And so the church requires that. And I always get the, a lot of people will say, well, the church just doesn't do enough. And I, that may or may not be true. I don't know, but I will tell you that it changed my perspective on marriage with the one day I didn't do the engaged encounter weekend. Uh I did Uh the one day brief class, because yeah. I was barely Catholic at that time. Wasn't really <laughs> sure why I was getting married in the Catholic church, except for that it was something that I felt was important. And why would I do it any other way? I really didn't know. Yeah. But pre-Cana changed my, I learned that idea of covenant for the very first, probably not for the first time, but the first time as an adult. It, it
0: made sense. Yeah. And it made it, sense. Yeah.
1: It really made a lot of sense. And I, I think Tony and I both went into the marriage thinking, that's exactly what we want. And we each had married parents who had a very good, like their marriages were healthy, somewhat healthy, and they, they looked really good. Like Tony very much respected his parents' marriage and I respected my parents' marriage for their longevity. My parents didn't always get along perfectly, but I had a great deal of respect for that. And so that was our vision. Yeah, yeah. We had a vision of what marriage could be like. So how do you think young people approach marriage today? Thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. if This is just what is is seen because of like social media or or media in general. But you know, it seems like a lot of the youth today, and and you may have a different perspective being working with the the campus ministry. Um, but it, it seems like they they approach it as um, well. If it doesn't work out, then I'll just end it and find something else. Yeah, and I, and I think that's reflective in are the divorce rates in our country too. Um I think I think when I was when um when Jarsa and I were first married you know the the it was always thrown out that half mar- half of marriages end up in divorce well I think that number's gotten bigger in the last you know 25 years
1: Yeah and the other part that goes along with that if it's not you know if I if it doesn't work out I'll just throw it it's, if I'm not happy right then I must
0: need to end this Yeah if I'm not comfortable yeah. if things get hard yep then
1: and I, I mean marriage there's a lot of unhappiness in marriage but that doesn't mean that you stop loving <laughs> exactly. a person because exactly. happiness is an emotion and emotions change but a covenant does not So I you know we found this from the USCCB we found an article that has what what does it take to make a Catholic marriage valid like what is a Catholic marriage these are the things these are the six things that you need to have a to have a valid Catholic marriage. Number one is the spouses are free to marry. They're not coming because of some compulsion. Right. Number two, they're capable of giving their consent to marry. So they have to be able to say, I agree to marry you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, they freely exchange their consent. Number four, in consenting to marry, they have the intention to marry for life, to be faithful to one another and be open to having and raising children. That's a big one. That is. Yeah. Because have you met some people who are like, yeah, I don't think I want to bring kids into the world.
0: <laughs> like, hmm? I, I, I didn't, I didn't say anything, but you know, I, I go every so often to get my beard trimmed and I was sitting there one day waiting for, um, my lady to finish up with her, the, the customer she was working on. Uh, cutting his hair and he's like yeah yeah my wife and i we decided we're just not gonna have kids because she really doesn't want to uh, she doesn't want anything to affect her body yeah and i'm just like she doesn't want to lose oh, her
1: figure gosh. yeah oh my god, i've heard a lot of that so when you get married in the catholic church you actually have to say this is for life and yes i would like to have i would like to be open to having children or i have to be open to
0: children mm-hmm. has to be fruitful
1: Number five, they intend the good of each other.
0: You would think that would be logical, (laughs) but
1: uh, you you do, you want the best for the other person.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the definition of love, right? Willing the good of the other, right? That's yeah.
1: And the sixth one is their consent is given in the presence of two witnesses and before a properly authorized church minister. And there's a little P.S. there. P.S. Exceptions to the last requirement must be approved by church authority. So, um, I guess that must have something to do with the two witnesses. But so those are the requirements.
0: Those are pretty heavy requirements. Yeah. Those, I mean. Pretty
1: pretty important. Yeah. So, in order to for the Catholic Church to actually give you an annulment, they have to prove that one of those things didn't exist when you got married. Right. And this is a pretty significant process in the church. You actually, and, and I've been told by a lot of people who've gone through the process that it can be healthy. It's a way of kind of reviewing what happened and helping you find some closure about that. But they ask you lots of questions mm-hmm. about what went on, how right. this happened, etc. And then they go through the process of determining if the marriage was not valid. And then an annulment declares it null Mm-hmm. that the marriage was actually not valid. And I, I think that's sometimes a little known fact. People don't really understand what it is. As you mentioned, when we were talking before, a lot of people think it's Catholic, Catholic divorce. divorce. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, there's a difference between uh, divorce and annulment. Um, right. Do you, do you know what Okay. Yeah.
1: So first of all, I want to tell you that I came upon some myths about annulment and I think they're very interesting and we're going to go through them, I think. But, Um, I also have to tell you that off air, Paul and I just had the biggest discussion about a word that the Catholic Church uses about one of these myths. So the myth is, how is divorce, well, the the question is, how is divorce and annulment different? So the USCCB, when the question is asked, if a marriage is annulled, does that mean it never existed? And Paul and I argued about the word existed and the word valid. valid. So here's what the USCCB states, that a declaration of nullity means that a marriage that was once thought to be valid civilly and canonically was in fact not valid according to church law. A declaration of nullity does not deny that a relationship existed. It simply states that the relationship was missing something that the church requires for a valid marriage. Now, Paul really wants to, to use the language that the the marriage never existed because sacramentally it did not.
0: Right, because because the way I, yeah this way, the way I see it is that um, you look at it an annulment looks at the marriage the sacramental marriage. Um, we also need to differentiate, I think, between sacramental marriage and a civil marriage. On this um the sacramental marriage they, they look at it from the beginning did the sacramental marriage exist at the at the at the beginning of the marriage mm-hmm. and they use those um the six criteria that we discussed earlier um to determine whether or not a sacramental marriage was entered into right and so so yeah so it's you know it's a difference my between, argument <laughs> is
1: that i think if you say something doesn't exist then it seems like that whole marriage if you were married for 25 years it's hard for me to understand how so yeah. we think it's a semantic argument yeah we need a canon lawyer to come here and, <laughs> really and keep us from duking it out i've but got questions yeah it brings up you know a lot of this why this is so confusing and it's confusing for two catholics who have learned all of their lives but the myths that we found are very interesting and mm-hmm. i've i mean yeah, i've had yeah. a personal Relationship with someone who really thought this, this first myth was real, that a divorced person is automatically excommunicated from the Catholic church. Eh, not true. Uh, it actually has nothing to do with, um, a person's status because divorce is a function of the secular courts and the legal system. And it's been a misconception for years.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that leads to that mis- misconception is that, um, a, like, if you're divorced and remarried, the Catholic Church still considers you married to the first person and that an, is the until sin you get an annulment. You're right. Adultery. Adultery, right. Whereas right. divorce is not a divorce sin. Divorce itself is not yeah. a sin, yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, okay, another miss.
0: Well, and and one more on that, is that even the adultery, that doesn't excommunicate you from the Church. You have to go... I mean, you can still go to reconciliation and be in communion with the Church. Correct. Yeah. Uh,
1: and adultery... Uh, you wouldn't be able to receive the sacraments if you were in a state of mortal sin. Right, so, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, got that yeah, clear. Yeah. Um, another myth is that they annulments are very expensive. Not true. Um, churches may charge an amount for those things because yeah, the It costs lawyers, money to do the investigation. Yeah, 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 yeah the lawyers yeah. do yeah. take a fair bit of time. Um, only Catholic marriages need to be annulled. Interesting, but not...
0: Oh, I didn't know that one.
1: That is a myth, huh. yeah. And, and they're... The reason for that is because every marriage is considered a promise for life or a promise until death, a marriage, not a civil union or... Right. um,
0: Again, you have to differentiate between the sacrament of marriage and a...
1: It makes no difference whether that promise was made in a Catholic ceremony or not, but depending on your religious affiliation, you may need to get an annulment. So that's something that a lot of people don't understand when they come into the Catholic Church. Right. So, Okay, another myth is that... If an annulment is granted, the children will be illegitimate. And that is also false. uh, Because an annulment is only concerned with the spouses, not the children. So an annulment has no effect on the legitimacy of children. It's a myth that an annulment makes children illegitimate. It does not. Right. Okay. That it takes a very long time to get an annulment. Uh, And that myth is that it actually... It depends, really. Yeah, yeah. It can take a while to do the investigation, but um, hopefully the church has worked to make that a little bit faster.
0: Yeah, and this website says that, um, it, you know, people usually think about three to five years, but it, it takes um, typically takes around um, 18 months, no more than 18 months. So. Yeah.
1: Okay, another myth that anyone who applies, if they wait long enough, will get an annulment. Um, and that's not true. Tribunals do give <laughs> negative decisions, which is an interesting point of fact. Yeah. You may not be granted an annulment. Uh, another one, another myth that people actually have is that if children were born in the marriage, it can't be annulled. That's not true. Um, uh, myth number eight, uh, this is this one's interesting. The ex-spouse has to an agree to an annulment, or it can't be granted. Hmm. You don't have to like. There doesn't have to be warm fuzzies all around. Um, a, one spouse could say, "I don't agree with this at all, and I don't want any part of it," and an annulment could still be granted. And I've spoken to canon lawyers, and that does happen frequently where sometimes yeah. the other party does not want to have anything to do with an annulment
0: i wish i knew this a few years ago because i had a co-worker that was um he was coming into the church and he he left his wife and he was going to get remarried but he was struggling with the whole annulment process and he's like there's no way she's going to agree to this yeah and, oh gosh i wish i would have known that yeah
1: isn't that an interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, um, an annulment is just Catholic divorce. We've already covered that one. An an annulment means the marriage never took place. Also, uh, a myth, that's the one we keep arguing back and forth again about (laughs) a sacramental marriage. The conditions were not valid for the marriage to be sacramental, but the marriage did take place. Uh, Myth number 11, the tribunal is like a courtroom with judges, witnesses, lawyers, and cross-examinations. It surely sounds like that, doesn't it? <laughs> the word tribunal is kind of scary, uh, but it's very different than a courtroom. And most of the work is done in writing, and there are no emotional scenes or dramas that are played out. Right. And
0: usually, it's not low in order. Yeah. The last one
1: <laughs> is that a lot of people think that this is just a legal thing in the Catholic Church. But as we mentioned before, oftentimes people get a lot of closure, and there's because they have to write down a lot about how a marriage began it can be healing for a lot of people so um hopefully we've debunked some of the things that people think are wrong but i i've definitely had that number one yeah. where people thought that that they were excommunicated yeah. and that they could never be a member of the church again if they got divorced and yeah it's not true there's a couple
0: on here that i didn't realize
1: yeah isn't yeah. that interesting well i'm yeah. glad that we uh had some food for thought in this one at least and
0: i'll put this link in our show notes too so you guys can take a look at it
1: yeah i I think this is one of the very confusing things in our church and things that when people come into the (laughs) church they don't know yeah and (laughs) paul and i just about came to blows off the air so uh about the semantics and uh it can be really difficult but I i don't know i i'm sorry paul on the air. I'm sorry. Paul was so mad at me. (laughs) Those of you who know Paul, you know how important things are for that. So, okay. Anyway, I'm glad we're still friends. Thank
0: you. I forgive you, Betsy. Okay, good. I'm sorry. I got so mad. And now deep thoughts. Because I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it. People like me. After having a wonderful high school retreat and giving a talk on theology of the body, I'm feeling a God high like I'm up on a mountaintop. I know I'll have to come back down to the real world and soon, but it got me to thinking about doing all this and how exhausting but rewarding it is. So I wanted to pose this question, not out of pride, but out of serious self-reflection. What are you doing to spread the kingdom of God? Not what are you doing, but what are you doing to spread the kingdom of God? It could be as simple as living your life as an example, praying, or it can be more involved like having a conversation with your coworkers and friends about what it means to be catholic it could be teaching religious ed or working with the youth group and if you're doing any of these any of these things great keep it up but if not or if you've been thinking you could do more here's your call to action i encourage every one of you to take some time in prayer and really talk to god about what his will is for you if you have access to an adoration chapel like the one over at holy spirit pray in front of the blessed sacrament But don't worry if you can't. What's important is to take some quiet time and to ask our Lord what he wants. You might be surprised by his answer. I
1: think that's a great reflection for today's first reading from the Acts of the Apostles where, do you remember it? They get, the Sanhedrin tells them, you know, no, you can't do this. And Gamaliel takes the the Sanhedrin aside and he's like, look, if they're from, if they're just people... Then this will die out. But if they're from God, anything you do can't stop them. And the very end you of might the even first be reading, God. <laughs> yeah, you might be finding God. And at the end of the gospel, like the apostles are like thrilled that they were flogged yep. for the sake of Jesus. And it gave us a great conversation today about exactly what you just did your reflection on. Oh, cool. What are you doing to preach the gospel message to people
0: yeah.
1: with your life? And sometimes that does not mean holding up a big sign but it means maybe talking about something that's important with a coworker or acknowledging that you're catholic. And our french student said one time one of his classmates in france asked him what are you religious? And he said in france it's not you're not like comfortable to talk about stuff mm. like that and he looked at the guy and said why are you asking me? that's a personal question. And the guy said, "Oh, I just I was just was curious like I was going to ask you to like pray for me." And he was like, oh, oh, in that case, yeah, I'm Catholic. And I was like, okay, so now when you go back to France, I want you to be bold. Claim the gospel no matter what. Even if you think it's going to be, you're going to be ridiculed. So I thought that was just very interesting that we live in the Bible Belt, and it is very comfortable to talk about your faith with other people here. Even at the grocery store, people will Mm -hmm. say, God bless you. Yeah, But in France, not so much. I've got Okay, well, I have a song for you before you even ask me out. Yeah, I know, right. I feel like I'm chatty today because I'm... (laughs) All right, so Andrew Ripp, he was the opener for Lauren Daigle, and um, this song that he sings is called For the Love of God, and it's kind of uh, upbeat, and I thought the message was really great, and it goes like this. I saw mercy seated where the judge should be, was guilty, and getting out of jail free... How could it be I didn't get the life I deserved and the only thing that he wanted was my heart in return. Every time I think about every time I thought it was the end, I'm caught up in wonder again. Where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God?
0: I'm caught up in wonder again. Where would I be? Where would
1: to that song. Those lyrics are very um, encouraging. What would we be without God in our lives? Where would we be in the moments of despair or the moments of joy? So take a listen and tell me what you think. father and the son, son and the holy, holy spirit, spirit. Amen. amen lord we thank you and we praise you for the gift of this day you are a good god and you know that we are made for communion and for relationship and you give us the gift of sacramental marriage to help us to be your hands and feet on earth and we ask you to uh bless all of the marriages that we know. Bless our marriages, my marriage to Tony and Paul's marriage to Jarsha. Bless us so that we may be all that you need us to be. Help young people to have virtuous friendships that help them to realize and to want a strong sacramental marriage in their lives. And give us all the grace that we need to love our spouses well. And we ask all this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the
0: name of the Father, Father Son, Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Catholic Family Matters.
0: Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listener, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us.
1: Join us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at Fam Matters.
0: Check out our website at www.catholicfamilymatters.com.
1: Send us comments, topic ideas, or encouragement at our email, feedback at Matters dot com.